Hey guys, it's Ivana and Derek and this is Till, Till Kingdom, Kingdom Come. Come. So we had you guys ask us questions for a Q&A which we probably uploaded because it's currently uploading now. Yay! Um, so if you have not checked that out then make sure you check that out on YouTube if you're listening on any other platform. But we also had some really good questions come in that we thought would be better as like a podcast, maybe three mini podcast form answering these questions. And mini to us still might mean 15 minutes, so please give us grace. We can be long-winded, but it's because we want to share it with you. We really do want to prepare you for his return. We really do. Yesterday we watched Before the Wrath. If you haven't, you should. And I think it lit up a fire in me to be like, man, I want us to be ready when the sky splits open and Jesus comes back. Shaba. Okay, guys. And so thank you so much to Andrea for sending in these questions because she's just awesome. We know her from Upper Room. She's currently in Kansas. And these questions are hard-hitting, and we think they're very applicable for this season. Amen. So the first one is how to steward trials. And because I've been talking, I'll let you go. <laughs> you haven't been talking Marriage. for that long, babe. Okay. How to steward, well, trials, right? Mm -hmm. Trials. Um my best representation of stewarding a trial would be found in the gospel of Mark. And we, I believe it's Mark 4. Ivana has actually heard me preach on this. But a lot of believers look at a trial and think that it's a life sentence. And in Mark 4, there's a specific section of scripture that talks about Jesus asking his or telling his disciples to go to the other side and having them get in a boat. He gets in the boat with them. And the Bible says that he chooses a pillow to lay his head on and he falls asleep. And when he falls asleep, uh, the winds and the storm kind of come and uh, the disciples get all freaked out and they're like waking up Jesus and they're like, have mercy on us. Like, we're going to die. Do you not care if we perish? And you know, Jesus's response is like, oh, you have such little faith. And he rebukes the storm. And he says, actually, peace be still, which is a whole nother topic. But like, he's actually commanding peace to be still. And they get to the other side. And I think the way that the why I brought that up is because I believe that a lot of people see a trial and forget what he said. And when it's Jesus true. tells you to get somewhere or Jesus tells you that you're going somewhere, it doesn't mean that there might not be trials from point A to point Z. And we have to remember that if he's told us to go somewhere, he's going to get us there. Yeah. And so how to steward the trial is to think back to what he's told you. And if he's told you that you're going somewhere or you're going to do something, whatever's going on in the in-between until that thing, it just means that he's still making the, the plan beautiful. Yeah. And you have to know that there's something better ahead of you which for the disciples was just getting to the other side, but they should have known that he would do it because they've already seen him perform miracles. And so just honoring his word and knowing that you were going to get from the point A to the point B is to me stewarding a trial because you remember and you know the Lord. Yeah, I think that's good. I think <clears throat> even part of my answer is piggybacking off that answer that you remember who he was. I think so many times as Christians, we can see a trial and not understand that in between you and that promise, 
that promise should be Jesus. Like if you're th- if you're talking about like your calling or a relationship or a fulfillment of a promise, like in reality, your prize and your portion is Jesus. And so the trial is actually preparing you to show him something about Jesus. It's preparing you. It's, let me start over. The trial is preparing to show you something about Jesus. And so in the stewarding of the trial, it's remembering you're going to learn something about him. He's going to show himself faithful. You're going to get to see him in a different way. You're going to get to continue to build history with him. And so I think even from that, like, it's like you keep going from glory to glory and grace to grace and faith to faith. Like I went through this, I was in the boat and he had fed the people. So I know that he's walking on water. So I know that he can calm the storm. And when he does it and you're faced with the next thing, then it's like, oh, I know he's faithful. I know he's going to come through. I know that he's good. And so I think every single trial you're faced with is to show you a revelation of Jesus, Abba, of Holy Spirit, and the reality of who you are in him. I think a lot of times Christians will look at things and they'll be like, man, but I follow Jesus. Why would this happen to me? And the reality is like, we've talked about this before, but you've probably been sold a cheap gospel Mm -hmm. that says that you will never go through anything. And when you follow Jesus, it'll be perfect. And that's a lie. He actually promises that in this world, there will be troubles, that there will be trials, but that we can take heart because he's overcome the world. And so it's a game of trust. Do you trust him when you're faced with, when you're faced with something and does the fulfillment of the promise actually mean more to you than getting to know him? And so we take heart because we know that he's overcome. We know that we're going to get to know him. We know that this is just another crown or more oil that we're going to get to give him when he comes back. And so in that place, when we face something, we either, we both just believe he is who he says he is. We partner with him in the suffering. And we also know that in that we're growing to be like Christ so that we're being sanctified through the trial. And it's funny because all day I've been singing the Meredith Malden and Elissa Smith song. And I've been like, don't let me waste the trial. Don't let me miss a chance to praise. Like, we're giving these things in order to give it back to him, to see him move. And so I think that's one of the ways that I try to steward trials. Do I always do it that way? Not right away, but somehow Holy Spirit always gets me back there. I think even, this is really cool because we could just continue to piggyback off of each other, but um, no trial comes from God. I repeat, no trial comes from God. And I say that because a lot of times people can like use a trial. And I think this is why it's so cool because what Ivana just said was you get to know who the Trinity is in you because of how you should be responding to trial versus you blaming God because of what's going on. Yeah. Because a lot of people will like, like just offer up this this kind of this notion that oh you know man i'm sick again god must be trying to tell me something and no like god doesn't send you a sickness in order to tell you something if if that was the case then jesus's ministry would have been a complete contradiction of the father's will because if death sickness demon possessed people we're all done to teach those people a lesson, then Jesus's ministry would not have had resurrection. It wouldn't have healing and they wouldn't have casted out demons. 
And so I, I purpose this because Ivana has hit on something so important. When the trial comes because of the fullness of God living inside of us, it is how we respond to the trial and how we get to know the Trinity through the trial, which is of the utmost importance because how we respond is what makes us believers. Yeah. Because the world's going to respond to trial very differently than we are. I mean, we look at Paul and Peter and we see them rejoicing and worshiping in prison, yes. like unto the point of shackles breaking off of them. But think about having to get to the posture of worship and praise in a prison. A lot, a lot of people don't even know how to get there, yeah. fathom how to get to a place where you want to praise the Lord in that type of situation. And so I think you just really hit on something really good. And I, I'm, it was fun. Yeah. It was good. He says, like Paul says, rejoice always. Mm-hmm. Right. And to come to the Lord and prayers and supplication and, and just to rejoice. But usually when I'm faced with something, the last thing I want to do is like, yes, God's going to come through. And I think the bait is going to be for you to be like, there's something wrong with me. I did something wrong. So God is punishing me or something is happening and like, or I must have not read my Bible enough. I must have not prayed enough. I should have fasted. The reality is it was done at the cross. The blood is sufficient. And that is the reason why the father will come through in one shape or form. It just might not look like what you want. So you might be asking for, I don't know, like healing. And for me, it didn't come like the tumor falling out of my mouth. It came in the form of partnering with the Lord and his suffering, but preaching the gospel to the surgeon and the nurse. Yeah. And like having a word of knowledge for the nurse. Like that's supernatural. Like we built a relationship with them. And so I think a lot of the times we have to understand it's just not about me. Like it's not about me. It's about him and him getting the glory. Um, and I think Peter Lewis preached on this, but it was on Psalm 23 and in the presence of my enemies, there's a table. There is something for others to see for like, like the enemy to see for whatever is coming against me to see that he is faithful and that he gets the glory and that he's better. And it's just for me to be shepherded through it by him and to get to know him in that way. And so I think stewarding trials looks like that, like getting to know him. That's good. You know? Yeah. And partnering with him. Like we're here to co-labor. And the son was perfected through suffering. Like that's what it says in Hebrews. Like he proved his sonship through suffering. And so we can't think we're going to get by unscathed and life should be perfect. And I follow Jesus. So how could this happen? Like get to know him. That That is the part. Like eternal life is knowing him. And so you get to partake that now before you get to heaven. And whatever trial you go through because you get to know him. Yeah, I think Philippians 3, Paul is ushering us to know the fullness of God, which means that we would know the power of his resurrection and the price of the cross. And so to be able to know who he is in the fullness is to have both resurrection life and the death of the cross. And so pain and glory, uh, they go hand in hand in the Christian life. They 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 are almost synonymous i mean we wear a cross and the cross is a symbol of death it's it's a it's an execution style to the romans they like we must know that trial is 
is not something that we escape, but we look forward to because it gives us an opportunity to glorify God. You know, we, we have brothers and sisters in the Eastern world right now that today, like, are still getting persecuted, truly persecuted for their faith. And I think I always go here, and I'm sorry, but <laughs> I, um, I, I, it, it just, I have a heart for those brothers and sisters that are nameless and faceless, that we don't know on the conference scale, that we don't hear their worship, but they are willing to give forth a praise and a glory to the Lord in, the, in front of their enemies. Like, and they fully receive Psalm 23 as a prophetic like, revelation for their time, that they know that they want to sit and feast on the Lord in front of their enemies as they are beheaded, as they are killed for their faith today in 2023. So like my, I think our way of maybe ending it is just to call, like I love doing a call to action, (laughs) but like these podcasts are just, are not just for your ear to hear and for, for us to tickle your ear and give you something good. So you could check off like a Christian box. It's, it's to really stir you, you know, to say like, what am I doing here on earth? Like how have I been stewarding trials? How have I been how have I been really responding to the things that the world has been responding to and start to make that change in your life that, you know, maybe you need to usher up intercession and prayer when you used to complain or bicker. Uh, maybe it's time to stop gossiping and to start praying. Maybe it's time to, you know, shut the dump down where people come to you and and, you know, dump all their mess on you. And, and it's time to close that shop down so that you can, you know, honestly be in front of people that will edify and speak up. And, and like, there's a lot of ways and help me out with this, because like, I really feel like, like, as we're stepping into the new year, things have to change. Like we can't, it can't look like 2022 again, especially for us believers. And so I, I, well, it's the best way that you would say, so we could wrap it up. I think a crossless Christianity is demonic. And so you have to understand that, like that, the power of the resurrection when you said that, like things will die. If your ministry is dying, then God will resurrect it in his time because he uses all things for good. If that friendship is dying, then it's okay. You continue to love them and you release them, but you just have to believe that God is working all things out for your good and that you can trust him in the trial. So go into this new year with strength, knowing that God really does have your back and all you have to do is continue to submit to him and he'll show himself to you. We love you guys. We love you. Part one done. Yay. Bye.